Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! All right, we're back. Wednesday edition, Three Dudes with a View. They keep talking about big storms today, so I guess we're going to have big storms. We'll see. Dude number two. I'm dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is still driving the bus. No, he's gone to the dentist this morning. That's right. Ah, me. I bet he'd rather be here with us. But anyway, dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, you need to prepare for these bad storms that's coming through. I think uh, they also said there's a possibility of tornadoes uh, being in, in the mix. So people be careful. Keep your eyes open and be vigilant. Miss York, I can't ever recall um, tornadoes being discussed this time of year in this uh, in, in Middle Tennessee. Do you? Do you? No, uh, it's, it's it's a new occurrence, you know. I guess I guess the climate is changing, you know. It it, it hasn't been this oh. hot in many, you know. I don't remember it being this hot, you know. Just temperatures just change. Oh well, I shouldn't have brought it up, but anyway. <laughs> well, it's the truth. I mean, you know, have you re- have you uh, experienced the hotness that's going on across the the states and across the globe, uh, Miss York? It, you know. I'm I don't, you know, I'm, I'm there's got to be some kind of climate change. If I, if I may interject, I, yes, I have. The board, what? Yes, I have. Uh, when I was uh, back in the early '80s and stuff, and growing up in Oklahoma, or not growing up in Oklahoma, uh, home for the summer in Oklahoma, we had 31 straight days over 100. Uh, had a streak of, of heat during that time uh, that they said you know was unprecedented since the Dust Bowl. You know, and I, so it was, uh, you know, so that was the second time around on that. This isn't anything new. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, but Mike, I, that was basically in a general area, and, and it seems to be all over many states right now. Well, uh, I, you know, I don't know about many was, states. And all it was all over Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. I mean, it was a pretty widespread uh, situation. Uh, you know, I, all I know is, you know, I was born right here in Middle Tennessee, lived here all my life. I cannot recall a milder, more temperate summer than we've had this summer, and with abundant rain, uh, I just can't. Uh, and we didn't have. Usually, we do have. Usually in July, we'll have maybe a week's worth of hundred to hundred better. We just didn't have that. And look out this side right now; it's probably eighty something degrees. I mean, that's unheard of in August weather. I mean, that's. It, it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, not here in Middle Tennessee. So, I, you know, I, whatever. It's the weather. It's just the weather. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, you know, when I moved up here in 86, it seems like it started cooling off uh, in, in August, uh, early September. Uh, but it was hotter to me in June and May and, and July than any other period. And, well, uh, usually, usually, but it's changed. Usually, two weeks after the equinox is uh, uh, the the hottest weather, and uh, no, it's not the equinox. It's summer solstice. Two weeks after yeah. summer solstice, uh, which is roughly first second week in July, that's usually. Yeah, but 
you wind up cutting grass in December. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're a farmer, that's a good thing. Uh, and I've been meaning to ask my son how, you know, usually, usually fescue goes dormant in the summer and won't start growing again until about the first, second week in September when we usually have our first days that are this cool. And um, so fescue is very important to a livestock farmer. And with the rain and cool weather that we've had, I'm wondering if that fescue hadn't already started growing. Of course, if it has, that's going to be good news to my son. All right, we got some guests. Yeah, but there's, there's been an awful lot of rain, and that kind of affects the hay farmers too, doesn't it? Uh, it does. He doesn't. He doesn't cut hay. Uh, he, but uh, he he buys some hay, uh, and it may affect it may affect the price that he pays for hay. Uh, and the crop farmers can get messed up too with too much rain because they can't get into harvest and that kind of thing. So, um, but if if you're just out there running cattle and sheep. <laughs> And you got fescue that starts growing in mid to late August. That that means you're going to have a good fall, and uh, and you're going to have you're going to have grass all the way up into December uh, and even January. And uh, so that's that's hay you ain't buying. So it's a good thing. All right, we got some special guests here. Uh, Scott Sapecki, a state representative from Murray County. Welcome in. How's it going, Scott? Very good. Good morning, everybody. And also with us this morning is Gabe Howard, Murray County Commissioner. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Good morning, y'all. All right, Scott. The uh, yesterday the governor uh, officially made the call for mm-hmm. that special session of the legislature. Um, what 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 do you call it for? What's going on there? Well, the governor uh, normally on the previous five special sessions I've been on have made a very broad call where they where he he calls in a specific a topic to talk about education or or criminal justice but this call uh, had 18 parts of it and very specific things so it looks like what he did was to try to keep from everybody filing bills on everything if you open up title 49 in education then the whole gambit of education is exposed to legislation, what the governor has done, such as in education, he's opened up specifically school safety plans or policies. So all legislation will be restricted to that. Uh, He opened up mental health resources, providers, commitments, or services. So all legislation has to apply to that. He's been very um, uh, prescriptive on what we can talk about. Uh, Law enforcement's access to criminal and juvenile records. So a lot of things have to do with the process of law enforcement and the sharing of information of law enforcement and then also addressing some of the problems we have with the gangs recruiting juveniles to commit crimes. A lot of the gang's initiation uh, used to be you would have to commit murder. Well, that's shifted now. What the new shift is, is stealing firearms. So what they do is these gangs recruit these minors to go in and break into cars and steal firearms. And when they go to the criminal justice system because they're minors, there's really pretty much just a slap on the hand and they're back out on the streets looking to steal their next firearm. And the problem we have with that is it's leading to more and more crime. But also when they turn 18, those records are sealed. 
And so it's like a, a, a start over for, for these individuals. And so what one of the things they're going to be looking on, looking at... That was often a frustration for me as a state prosecutor. So one of the things that the governor has opened up, which we've talked to him about, um, is the, uh, the transfer of juvenile defendants aged 16 and older to courts with criminal jurisdiction, which must include appeal rights for juveniles and prosecuting attorneys. So we're going to say that if you commit a crime that involves a firearm over the, uh, from 16 and older, between that and 18, that you can be pulled up for sure in, into the um, adult courts and be tried as a criminal. Therefore, we start to take a bite out of those recruitment tools of those gangs because now those minors know that if they go and they steal a gun, they're going to wind up in adult court and that can be jail time. So that that part of the special session, I take it, you, you feel like may pass. Yeah, I, I do. I think there's certain things that we we need to deal with. Uh, mental health facilities, access to mental health. The um, um, We need to have some type of trigger for... Uh, mental health professionals that when they are treating somebody who they deem are dangerous, that they have a referral process, that they can get those people additional help. But without having the facilities for inpatient care, we don't have the place for those people to go to get the help. And so it's all kind of working together. Um, There is one part in here um, about the temporary mental health orders of protection. That's another name for a red flag law. I do not believe that bill will make it out of committee, not even close. Indeed, Speaker Sexton came out, I believe, yesterday and said that that, that that's dead. That's, that's dead. We're not going to do that, and we're not going to restrict. And here's the reason why, and, and I want everybody to rem- – I just want to read this real quick, okay? This is my oath of office, Delk. This is the, the oath that I swear on the House floor to the people of Tennessee. And it goes into – but it says – this is what it says. That I I will, in all appointments, vote without favor, affection, partiality, or prejudice, and I will not propose or assent to any bill, vote, or resolution which shall appear to me to be injurious to the people or consent to any act or thing, whatever that shall have a tendency to lessen or abridge their rights and privileges as declared by the Constitution of the state. I will not vote for a bill that infringes upon the rights and, 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 and the privileges of the people of this state. And so I have an oath of office that I swore to it. All of us swore the same oath. Even Justin Jones swore the same oath. Right, right. That we all must, we cannot vote for a bill that infringes on the rights of the people of Tennessee. Period. So what about protecting the safety of the rights of the people of Tennessee? Well, Mr. York, I have volumes of bills on, on hand right now for committing crimes, for, for assault, for murder. Delk, how many bill, how many laws do we have on the books for people who break the law? Oh, Lord. <laughs> and, and Mr. York, people still break the law. Yeah, yeah, they still break the law. But you're talking about, you, you also talked about the fact that you're going to uh, increase the penalties for people that steal guns and cars. Mm-hmm. What about also putting penalty on the gun owners? Shouldn't they, shouldn't they secure the weapon? Shouldn't people secure the weapon in their vehicles? Shouldn't they secure the weapons in their home so that... People can't get to them and take them out on the street. I, and I use think them. there's already laws for that, Mr. York. M- M- Mr. York, do you know what the Castle Doctrine is? No, I don't know what it is. The Castle Doctrine basically says that I have a right to defend my house. We've also extended that to your automobile. So your automobile is, tra- is treated the exact same way in the criminal courts as your house. Well, it, why aren't enabled, they secure those, Scott? Uh, if if people are stealing guns out of cars, why why aren't they securing the guns? Because there's cars? a lot of buildings, Mister York. You can't take it into. 
Mr. York, enable to someone for enable for someone to steal a gun, Mr. York, out of someone's car. They first have to break, break the in. law to steal the gun. Now, Delk, do we have well, a law? Not, well, hold on, hold people on, Mr. York. Break the laws. People it's am, break the it's laws. Amazing. That's why we got them. It's amazing to me, Mr. York. Instead of talking about the criminal that's breaking into a car, you're talking about the person that had to leave their their gun in a vehicle. That's crazy to me, M- Mr. York. Let me ask you a question. It's crazy uh, to even uh, have a gun walking around the streets. You know what's if, that? If, um, crazy. If you don't carry a gun, secure it. Representative from Knoxville, Shirley Johnson. It was secured Gloria. in a, a locked Gloria vehicle, Johnson. Mr. York. What? She she's out there saying that the overwhelming majority of people in Tennessee wants want a red flag law. That's not true. It's just not true, is it, M- M- Mr. York? If you have to break the law to steal a gun, which is also breaking the law, and I've put <laughs> right, and I've put the gun in my car with the doors locked. Have I not already secured my firearm? Now, Scott, you're saying with the doors locked. Well, it doesn't matter, locked or unlocked. You are. If I leave my front door open, Delk, of my house, and somebody walks into my house and steals my stuff, are they guilty of breaking and entering? No, it was your fault because you left the door unlocked, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what, what Mr. York is that's saying. That's where we are. No, I'm saying, uh, shouldn't you put a trigger lock on any vi- on any firearm? Mr. That, York, Mr. do you York. know how long it takes to to take a trigger lock off? Mr. York, if you somebody don't have broke that kind into of your, time. if somebody broke into your house to do you harm. Are you going to ask them to pause so I can go to my gun safe, open my gun safe, get my firearm out to defend myself and, and my family? And take the trigger lock off. Take the trigger lock off, load the gun, and then engage the criminal? No, sir. You break into my house, I have every justifiable right to defend my house to the nth degree. And your family. At least and just like my car. Don't move to California and expect And that's that it, right. Mr. York. We are going to tell these people, if nobody would break into cars... We wouldn't have to worry about this. It's people who don't want to follow the laws we have in place. And Delk, how many laws do we have in place for breaking and entering and stuff like that? Oh, God. I mean, pages, pages, pages and pages. pages. But, but Scott, here's the point I'm, I'm trying to make. You, you're talking about all the reasons why people should have guns and why people should protect their rights. And that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. But what about protecting the property of, of the gun? So that guns aren't accessible. I mean, we got too many guns on the street. We got too many people walking around with guns. That's the problem. Well, well, I don't think we have. I don't think we have a problem with too many law-abiding citizens walking around with guns. I think we have a problem with too many criminals walking around with guns. And Mr. York, the premise behind that is they're a criminal. All right, that bad guy's always going to get a gun. All right, we're going to have to take a break. We'll be back. Parks Motor Sales is Middle Tennessee's home for the best GMC vehicles on the market. Visit Parks at 919 Nashville Highway and test drive truck favorites like the GMC Sierra or Canyon. Or try a popular SUV like the GMC Acadia or Terrain. Parks also has a wide variety of certified pre-owned vehicles for every need. At ParksMotorSales.com, you'll see an extensive inventory, their latest deals, and servicing options. Shop Parks Motor Sales once and you'll agree. Parks, GMC, we are professional grade. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shurex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. 
Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Three dudes with a view. I'm dude number three, Delp Kennedy. And before we go on around the room, uh, Coach Mike Lyle on the board is going to tell us about the Gypsy Kings coming to Nashville November 4th. Yeah, the Gypsy Kings will be performing all of their greatest hits, uh, such as Volari, You've Got a Friend in Me, Hotel California, and Bombaleo, and, and a few more big hits that they've had along the way. Uh, you've definitely heard some of these songs, but they put a n- different little twist on them. Uh, number one, the language is com- considerably different, but uh, but they're still a very high energy and a very, very good live musical group with, with a uh, great night of entertainment. Tr- tickets and details are available at toninabayardo.com, a loud and live production. And again, we'll remind everybody, we've got about 30 tickets we're going to be giving away closer to the concert. So make sure you pay attention. Uh, stay in tune with WKOM 101. 101. <laughs> yeah, it is 101.17. Okay. <laughs> I get my numbers mixed up sometimes. Uh, but uh, but stay here, stay tuned here, and we'll we'll give you details on that. Yeah. November fourth, Saturday, November fourth, the Gypsy King is coming to Nashville. Siento si unu para siete. One hundred one point seven. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> we'll also be giving away tickets at our sister station, Terry Wilcox, will during his uh, daily show, uh, WKRM FM one hundred three point seven. All right, uh, dude number one, Mister Jim York. Good morning. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right, special guest, friend of the station, Scott Spicky, representative Scott Spicky. How you doing, Scott? Good, mo- good morning, everybody. And uh, Murray County Commissioner uh, Gabe Howard. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. All right, Scott, carry on with your discussion about the special session and what may or may not happen there, please. One of the things we're also very concerned about, and I think Mr. York and I will probably agree on this, is we have got to take a bite out of human trafficking that's going on in the state of Tennessee. We have got to take a stand on this. Uh, Governor Lee, uh, we've added another 100 state troopers to do uh, dr- drug, interdic- drug interdiction and, and, and human trafficking along our highways, uh, trying to, to, to just stop what's going on right now of the recruitment and the stealing and the theft of these children. Um, we are in, in the special call. Uh, there is things in there about uh, human trafficking, uh, making the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation FBI and all the other agencies communicate in real time on human trafficking and things that they're investigating so that we can pool the resources of government to go in there and fight this as as a unified effort to try to um, let the let the criminals know that in, in Tennessee number one there'll be severe penalties for human trafficking and number two don't do it in our state 
And so we're trying to send that message as quick as we can. I know we've got a problem. And it doesn't affect just the low-income poverty children. They steal everybody with every opportunity they get. And what we found out from the TBI is when they steal these children, if we don't find them, if we don't find them in 72 hours, the chance of finding them again goes down into single digits. Now, Scott, is that going to be part of this special session? It is. Okay. It is. And so, so we've got consensus, perhaps, on stiffer penalties for 16 and up uh, gun gun crimes, mm-hmm. uh, consensus, perhaps, on more uh, stepped up and more facilities, inpatient facilities for mental health, mm-hmm. and consensus, perhaps, on these child trafficking laws. And, and then also addressing school safety, continuing on with that, uh, making sure that we have all districts in the state of Tennessee applying for the SRO, SRO grants to put SROs in every one of our schools, public and private, across the state. And I noticed that Davidson County resisted having an SRO in every school, and now all of a sudden... Uh, all of a sudden, they've they've seen the light, and the mayor's come out in favor of. <laughs> well, the mayor has, but in the in the bill we wrote, it requires a memorandum of, of understanding between the superintendent of schools and law, and the head of law enforcement. They both have to agree. The money will come to the chief of police, the chief Chief Drake down in down in Nashville, but he has to have an understanding, an agreement with the superintendent Adrian Battle, to be able to place those SRO offices in the schools. As of right now, Adrian Battle has declined elementary schools uh, to be protected with SROs. And so we'll be working on legislation that allows Chief Drake, because he is the chief law enforcement, his job is to, pr- is to provide public safety, that under public safety, Chief Drake could override that superintendent and put those SROs in those schools that she does not That's want to. Appalling. Yeah. That's appalling. That's appalling that, I mean, a director of schools would resist protecting the children. That is, I can say that's that's paid for by the state of Tennessee. That's that's my question is why <clears throat> so there, why why not the elementary schools? So, because they're they're some of the more vulnerable ones. Well, the problem we have is twofold. Number one, if you have another individual out there that is looking to do something like covenant. You have just signaled to that individual in Davidson County is don't attack the middle school, don't attack just the high school, the elementary school who are our most vulnerable population. Right. That, that, that's appalling. <clears throat> and so we're going to make sure we have, and that's why the governor opened up school safety plans and policies that we will put a, we will put corrective action in there because like Sheriff Rowland right here in Murray County, he's going to err on the side of protecting these children. And, and always yeah. has. Always you know, has. Here, here in Murray County, we're, we're actually very special. We talked about this in committee this week. Um, you know, the grants that are coming down from the state is really helping us in the bigger pe- picture of law enforcement in Murray County. Murray County was already the leaderboard mm-hmm. of making sure that we had an SRO in every single school in Murray County. Um, I believe we we are protected in every way, and I mean we're very blessed to have you know Sheriff Bucky here in our community and in all those that were before us. Uh, you know SRO program here in Murray County, it's been the best in the state for a long time, and so um, I, I'm. I'm uh, I'm curious to hear what Mr. York has to say about this. The director of schools, you know, not wanting SROs in the elementary schools. Well, he may have a point there. My, my point, you know, I when I was on the board, uh, I think I was vice chair. We we implemented mm-hmm. SRO program in Murray County. You did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so here's the deal: SROs ought to be vigilant 
in the parameters of the school. Maybe he, I, I don't know what his, his issue is, but my issue with elementary kids is we don't need SROs walking down the halls, and we don't need SROs implementing discipline. We need SROs around the perimeter of the school to make sure people are not violating the premises. So that ought to be a SRO's responsibility. The discipline ought to ma- be maintained by the school officials. So what we've had <clears throat> over the years is that SROs wind up implementing discipline in schools, and that's not their job. It shouldn't be their job. So to, to, to a point, Mr. York, you are correct. Their job is not the day-to-day discipline of the children. Their day is the day-to-day safety of those children. And if discipline comes into play there, yes, but it's through the referral through, through the school system. But the one thing that I've seen, and I've visited many school systems across the state, and many schools have SROs, especially in their elementary schools, Mr. York, is that positive interaction that that law enforcement agent has with those children, right? That they come up and they're giving the SRO hugs when they're walking down the hallway. And one of the things we have in our inner cities, Mr. York, and you probably may may agree with me on this, is we have a relationship issue, a problem with, with, with the minorities and law enforcement to where children are afraid of these police officers, to where we need to put them in a positive environment where these young children can have a good relationship with these police officers. So if something bad happens to them outside the school, instead of running from police officers, they're running to police officers to be protected. Yeah, but Scott, here's my point. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have them to interact Mm -hmm. occasionally with kids, but that shouldn't be their main role. And and like I say, the SROs turn into many areas where they're implementing discipline. They're throwing kids on the floor, putting handcuffs on them and taking them that shouldn't be their responsibility. Well, that's, that should be uh, that's, discipline within schools. That, that would and, depend on, though. I mean, Miss York, I don't. You know, I mean, I, I agree that that uh, you know the the thing is, you know, the perimeter and that kind of thing. That that's that makes sense. But you know, if there's a big fight going on, uh, shouldn't the SRO come in to help break it up? The SRO shouldn't be involved in discipline, Del. The SRO well, I didn't say involved in discipline. Mr. York, no, that's, that's beyond discipline. I mean, yeah, I, I that's, just, that's that's a criminal act. I mean, they're constitutional that, that should officers. Be taken care about by the school officials. Well, what? But, well, okay. Well, well, I can tell you this. Hold on, Doug. We we wrote a bill, Mr. York, that precisely addresses that issue. If a child, let's say we have two kids in high school get into a fist fight, and the SRO comes in and breaks the fight up, puts one on the ground who's who doesn't want to stop fighting and restrains that person. Immediately, you that- see. Uh, wait a minute, Scott. You just said what my problem is. The SRO comes in. Why not school officials? The school official controls the school, not the SRO. Well, that's they the, don't have the, any handguns. Well, that's well, a safety issue well, at that point. We need a handgun. Well, Mr. York, handcuffs. Mr. handcuffs. Mr. York, I agree with you. If I'm walking down the hallway at six foot five, two hundred and eighty pounds, and I and I see a bunch of high schoolers going into a fight, I don't have a problem as as a principal or an administrator waiting or a teacher like Mike Lyles here, right? I don't have a problem wading into that and breaking the fight up. 
But you want some female who might be 5'1", 110 pounds, going in to break up a fight with one of my sons that's 297 pounds, who's lost control of himself because of anger and emotion? No. If the yeah, SRO we can is, always come up with examples that are, are out, out of the Mr. teachers should be educators. They should not be breaking up fights. They should not be disciplinary, as you're saying. Where, where have you lived at, well, Gabe? There's uh, always Okay, but as, as an educator, as an educator who is, has been involved in a couple of those fight situations and, and, and stuff like that, the SRO, all he ever did was help us in the initial point of the fight break it up. The, the discipline action was taken by the teachers mm-hmm. and the principal involved in the school mm-hmm. where the punishment was meted out and the investig- actually the investigation of what started it, who started it, who threw the first punch was all done by the educators. All the SRO did was help us separate the separate mm-hmm. the two and to disperse the crowd that was following up. That's the safety issue, and that's what they were supposed to do there. Coach Mike Lyle but, on the board. But, Mike, what happened before we had SROs? Well, teachers were getting beat up in the process it, of trying to do that. It's and just amazing to me you know, that Mr. York is sitting here talking. outline incident, but it wasn't common that teachers were getting Mr. Beat York, up. you have been sitting here talking about gun control and uh, protection against guns and all of these different things, and we're sitting here saying that the state is going to give money to a school district to protect the kids, and you're sitting here defending that that's not you know what needs to happen. That makes no sense I, to me I, whatsoever. I didn't say not to hire more SROs, but I said we need to do perimeter uh, guards around schools instead of all the walking down the halls and and SROs getting involved in discipline. Scott, here's what here's my hope. I hope okay. that at the state I, legislature, y'all will force the school district to take that. Hey, I, I, I'm again. I'm the teacher. I've, I've been a teacher in there. I've been a teacher in a couple of iffy situations, stuff like that. I wanted that SRO walking up and down the hallway. Amen. I wanted him having interaction with the students. I wanted him in a position to protect us. Yes, he did check. In fact, one of his big jobs was to check the doors, check the perimeter, mm-hmm. and make sure it was it was okay. And, and I wanted him in there because if he's on one side of the building, the perp decides to come in on another side you don't want him outside i don't want him you know i want him inside going out towards the perp and and you know that's mm-hmm. I, I i yes he needs to do the perimeter and he does and they're not directly involved in the discipline of the situation they're involved in the safety of the situation yeah, which is their job so I'm gonna, you're sort of starting to sound defunding the policey you know i mean it's not defunding the police, Del. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just right, saying well, the responsibility of SROs has been shifted to the discipline of the students, and that was no. not the original Protecting intent. Protecting the kids, Mr. York, period. Which is, right, why, which is why we've been called into special when, session. When I initiate, when we initiated, when I was on the board, that's what it was supposed to be because a guy came into a Santa Fe school and went down the hall and struck a teacher. That's why we implemented the SRO Mr. York, you just pointed out the exact reason that we're sitting here arguing about. This was an Y'all implemented SRO because a a student struck the teacher. 
No, the outside person yeah. came in and struck the teacher, not a student. Okay. A parent and his son came into uh, school. Uh, again, even more to the, the point. said and struck a teacher. But, Mr. Right, but, but, but Mr. York, you do agree that we, if, if, we, if the state's paying for the SROs, the school district should take advantage of that and put SROs in, in, in all of our schools. Every single well, one. Put them somewhere, post them, do whatever. Yeah, the state's going to provide money. More SROs ought to be hired. Thank you, Mr. York. All right, folks, let's take a break. We want to get through Scott's picking and talk about a special session, but Gabe Howard is also here to tell us what's going on with the Murray County Commission. We're going to be, we, we've done, we've had a good show, but we're going to be on a tight schedule here. We'll come back. We'll see. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville. With a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Stay comfortable and relax this July. Heller is keeping you chilling all summer with free outdoor gear. When you upgrade your home's essential systems, we're giving away free Yeti camping chairs, coolers, backpacks, and more with the purchase of select new HVAC systems, whole home generators, and tankless water heaters. Stay chilling all summer long. Book your appointment at happyhiller.com today. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. 
Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Kennedy, I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is at the dentist. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, good morning. Good morning, Dell. I'm anxious to hear Gabe's report on us building the courthouse. If it's going to be a lean-to or a portable <laughs> building or what. You know, I'm, I'm anxious to hear his report. All he's right. expert on schools. I want to see if he's expert on building a courthouse. Oh, All right, we're going to have to move on through. But yes, we'll get to him in a minute, I hope. Uh, Friend of the station, State Representative Scott Sapecki. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And Gabe Howard, Murray County Commissioner. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. All All right, Scott, let's see. State legislature, special session, not going to adjourn. You probably got an agreement on overhauling the juvenile system with regard to juveniles and guns, uh, having 16 and up treated as adults when they get involved in gun crimes. Uh, We're talking about uh, state uh, additional inpatient facilities for mental health. Well, there seems to be a, uh, a consensus about that. Uh, the red flag law, of course, is not going to pass. It's dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
you're talking about doing some other things. School safety. School safety. Yeah. And then also, uh, th- and, uh, and Del- you might want to comment on this part here, um, limiting the circumstances in which the juvenile records may be expunged, blended sentences for juveniles, offenses related to inducing or coercing a minor to commit an offense, and then the structure and operations of state and local courts. Those are some of the things that we're going to be working on. Uh, my gut feeling is you will see a total revamp of juvenile justice in Tennessee in regards to uh, committing crime with guns. Uh, you will see uh, threats of, ma- of mass violence taken extremely seriously now in the state of Tennessee. And then, um, you know, the, how the courts and TBI and all the different infrastructures, when someone's convicted of a felony, making sure that that information gets uploaded into the TICS system. That's when you go for a background check. That we've got, I think the last time I heard, we have over 300 felons waiting for their information on their court proceedings to be uploaded into the TICS system which would prevent them from, from from purchasing a firearm. There you go. And so um, I, I think there's some good things that will come of this session. Um, I anticipate my colleagues across the aisle, especially the Tennessee Three. Uh, they've already been posting on Twitter and Facebook about how they're appalled at Governor Lee and exciting the Republicans, uh, already making it a partisan. We know that Gloria Johnson is probably going to run against uh, Marsha Blackburn for Senate. I've heard Justin Jones plans to run for Congress against Andy Ogles, and then Justin Pearson plans to run for Congress against Steve Cohen down in Memphis. So they're gaslighting. They're, they're gonna they're gonna use this as a political format for them. And I will assure you this that we will be ready on the House floor to come 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 back at the things that they say that are incorrect. And so we'll be ready to handle that. Yeah. I mean that God, y'all that, need that's to a- create safety for everybody. Not just in schools. Create safety mm-hmm. for a well, nation that's in an uproar. To Scott's point real quick, then I want to get on to Gabe. Uh, One of the biggest aha moments of my life uh, happened back in the early 90s when I was a state prosecutor here working for the district attorney. And uh, the high school, somebody at the high school asked me to come out and speak about criminal justice or something like that to a a class of, I think they were seniors, maybe juniors and seniors. And I looked around the classroom and this illustrates the problem, Scott. I looked around the classroom, and there were three different guys sitting in there whom I had convicted of armed robbery. Mm-hmm. And and I turned to the teacher and I said, "You realize you've got three people in here who have been convicted of armed robbery." And she just was, "Ah, you know, the juvenile court records are sealed." Yeah. And so. they don't do anything meaningful to people. Who, I mean, you've been an armed robbery. You know, you're. I don't know. You go up there to uh, Pikeville for six months, mm-hmm. and then you come back. You know. And, re- and real quick, Mister York, you you know this, and you and I have talked about this. Our job in education is to put criminal justice out of business. That's the job we have, is to get these kids educated to a point that they have options in their life other than committing crime and going Mm -hmm. to gangs. And so that's why we're so passionate about getting kids educated, which leads to better outcomes, which, you know what? I hope we build this justice center, and it sits empty because there's nobody wanting to use it. There we go. Scott, real fast question to you. Uh, You've got a whole lot of additional money coming down to the school systems in every county in this state this fall. Tell us 
about it real quick, please. Uh, the new TISA funding formula, Murray County will get an additional $16 million in funding from the state of Tennessee for the exact same amount of students that they are educating right now. We are we are going all in to making sure that special needs kids, dyslexia, anything, anything that the kids need, that the school systems will have the money to pay for, and locals will not have to foot the bill for it. So we've, we've made that commitment, and then we've also made another commitment that the kids that are engaging in career technical coursework in their high schools, the state is going to give those that school system for each one of those kids, each class they take, a stipend extra on top of their funding for their school. Each individual kid taking a CTE course, career technical course, could receive an, that school an additional $5,000 per student. All right, that's big. Gabe Howard on the county commission. Y'all are, um, that that's $16 million, what, on a $100 million budget, basically, is that it? I, I don't remember the exact number, um, but it's been a busy day. That's, that's, a, that's a huge increase. It, 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 it's massive. And so uh, we did, uh, we've been in committees the last two evenings, uh, about 10 hours worth the last two nights. A uh, lot of different things going on, you know, in the county commission. Um, we... Uh, Mr. York talked about the Judicial Center. Um, you know, as we expected, uh, we could not get that Judicial Center built for $30 million. Uh, you know, I think the approved GMP is $33 million and some change. Um, what GMP? Uh, guaranteed maximum price for the okay. Judicial Center. Okay. Okay. And so uh, they did present to building, um, you know, this, this week uh, about three hundred and. $350,000 worth of change order items um, that were specifically asked for by the stakeholders, things that were left out. Uh, you know, as part of the proposal, Sheriff uh, Bucky Rowland had requested on the front side um, very spe- uh, sp- uh, specific technical, you know, holding cell doors and things that were not included in that, but um, they were able to value engineer, you know, some other items and you know, I think that it actually came in, you know, close to about $200,000. Um, you know, I've been outspoken about the Judicial Center. I think, you know, we, we could go back and forth on uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. At the end of the day, I've made a commitment to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. That's what we are where we are. And um, we, we've got to deliver something that we're proud of and that the people of Murray County can use for, you know, many years to come. Um Lots of controversy continues in the you know Murray County Library uh, conversation of things. Um, you know that was presented last night, and you know the one thing that I, I guess I want to be a voice of reason. You know we're a community that wants for the betterment of everyone in our community, and uh, I think that we need to make sure that we're going to find things that we have issues with. We need to focus on, if you want to attack something, attack an issue. Stop attacking people. And so we talked about that a little bit last night. And uh, Ms. Ventura also reported to the uh, admin committee, I think 12,632 kids mm-hmm. uh, reported on their, their first day. And so we'll continue to look at the numbers. That, I think That's the, pretty flat, isn't it? Well, so we talked about that a little bit. The, the numbers are... A, a very complicated way for us to measure things if we're looking at just specific dates because one of the problems has been your day one numbers may not match your day 20 numbers and they definitely don't match your day 180 numbers mm-hmm. 
And so we've got to find a, a, a level playing field of what that measure of numbers looks like. And so um, I did did speak with uh, their team yesterday, and we'll, we'll continue to keep watching that. And, you know, the facts matter. The data is important. Um, we do need to look at, you know, the growth of the north side of Murray County. I think that one of the things we'll continue to see is I think we'll see some retraction in some of the schools, uh, but I think we're going to see a growth on the north side. And so we'll keep looking at that. I mean, I, data is something that uh, I like to make decisions based off of um, and facts. And so, uh, you know, I did want to communicate to them because there's been lots of lots so of trolls. Who's them? Uh, the, the school system. Yeah. Uh, and and Miss Ventura, you know, specifically, I, I think that uh, – we need to make sure that we're, we're in this together. I mean, we're a community of one, and we do work better together. And so um, as we move forward, I know that uh, there's been lots of trolling. You know, uh, my recommendation was not to build the North Columbia Elementary School right now um, as we went through budget. And it was really just based on the data. Um, you know, and it was based actually really specifically on they weren't ready for the money. You know, they didn't own the land at the time. And so... Over the next year, I think they'll present some plans that, uh, you know, then we can go back and look at, can we afford to build it? You know, can we afford to borrow the money to do that? And so I'm um, also working with uh, Representative Sapicki on, you know, hopefully some good things for Murray County as we move forward into, you know, the next kind of that next chapter of how can growth pay for growth? I think that's a big topic we're, we're continuing to talk about. Um, Airport. The airport. Uh, they they did a presentation. Uh, beautiful. That's, that's Mount Pleasant Airport. Yeah, Murray, Murray County Airport. Right. Um, and so we uh, we did uh, see a presentation. Beautiful new terminal. Um, I think that they will be presenting a, a plan that uh, pays for itself. You know, I think it will also really add to this community. They uh, they sell more fuel out of that airport than um most of the other smaller airports in the entire state yeah it's all mm-hmm. first it's just in time inventory we were talking about the expansion yeah. of the airport if we get the new terminal and get some new hangars down there there is a possibility that we could recruit from uh, clarksville a helicopter squadron to be based in mount pleasant which is more fuel dollars more more, more hotel rooms for mount pleasant more food for mount pleasant people buying it could be a really big win-win I, I think it's a great plan. I think it also brings a different dynamic, uh, you know, brings some executive, you know, more business down here to Murray County. And I think that's something we need to really focus in on. You know, we do not want to become a bedroom community. We want our people to be able to live here, work here, stay here, spend their money here. All right. Now, Gabe, I think Mr. York's question was, is it a double wide or a, the courthouse, that is? Uh, the, the Judicial Center, uh, it, it is It is a product that, uh, you know, I think we can we can be proud of. There are things about it that, you know, we couldn't afford to do. And so, All right, Gabe. So far, if you stop them from moving dirt from one side to the other, you, you can reduce them change orders a little bit. Well, well Mr. York, I, I, you'll be happy to, to uh, uh, understand that they are building some concrete walls.